ninth grade science teacher once told me that if you put a frog in boiling water, it'll jump right out. But if you put it in cold water and heat it up gradually, it'll just sit there and slowly boil to death. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, specifically a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. Uh, This is episode number 29. We are talking about the movie Dante's Peak from 1997. And joining me this week, I have Joe. Hello. Hi. And also, Patty. Hello. Hi. I am your host, Travis, and uh, this week, I'm the one that hadn't seen the movie. Um, I know, Joe, Insane. you've seen this. and I have seen this movie so many times. <laughs> and Patty, you've seen this movie before, too, haven't you? Yeah. I. We were talking about this when we watched it. I thought I had seen it at the drive-in, but then it was like upon reminiscing i think i had actually seen volcano with the drive-in and i saw this at the theater so yeah i saw volcano in the theater i did not see this obviously um and i'm glad to be to be perfectly honest with you but i want to go into that i want to go into (laughs) stuff about it later um it was what'd you think dude come on it's dumb holy hell is it dumb (laughs) like like, okay, so Volcano is the thing that I remember because it came out the same year as this, and it was yeah. dumb, too. Like, it, you know, it was a silly premise of a volcano in Los Angeles, and it had, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was silly, and it was kind of dumb. But this, more... this makes that look like a damn Citizen Kane. I mean, it... Yes, but this had better actors, and it's nothing against Tommy Lee Jones. I think that this cast is better. Oh no! So so I, I usually like to start off with the cast anyway, and and the cast in this is fine. I have no problems at all with anybody in this. Pierce Brosnan, this was hot off the heels of Goldeneye, right? He was a hot right. Hot he ticket. was he was Pierce. He was James Bond. Yeah, you know. You got Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton's fine. He, she's great. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of the supporting cast i've seen in stuff before whether it's uh grant Heslov as greg the you know he's the one that's all about coffee um yep. Yep, right z ma he was um he went on to be uh consul han in uh, the first rush hour movie i remember him from that like <laughs> they, they were fine there was nothing wrong with that the script was dumb yeah it oh. was not great well it was so i man Dude, so you just saw this movie, what, yesterday? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I saw this movie on opening weekend, and I was so excited. Because I I have this soft, and it's really the reason, like, when you said, we're going to do Dante's Peak, I was like, oh my god, I'm in. <laughs> because I have this soft spot for disaster movies. Okay. And I really, I always have, I always will. It, it really, like, stems back to, like, when you go to the video store, you it's another reason why like you kind of miss video stores because you could go and you just look at like the rows of movies and you see like these video the art on the covers and you see like avalanche and the poseidon adventure and the towering inferno and all these Irwin allen just you know 
disaster movies yeah, from but the seventies. Joe, the cover for Dante's Peak sucks. And this, oh yeah, well we'll get to that later, but <laughs> but like, and you know this Dante's Peak came out like six or seven months after Twister, so there was like this whole disaster movie renaissance. Oh yeah, I forgot that and Twister also, was that close to it. Yeah, it was in like May of '96. This came out in February of '97. Oh wow! And also in between those two, you had Independence Day, and then uh, Volcano Mars Attacks. Volcano came out two months later. Volcano came out in April of '97. So they were like the two volcano movies of that year. Yeah, and there was like Outbreak was another one that came out around yeah, the same time. Outbreak. That was in like '95. Yep. So you're right. But, it was kind of a disaster movie renaissance because they really like had disaster been. movies. Yeah, they were coming back. Well, and arguably, and, I mean, I know Godzilla is a monster movie, but the American Godzilla was around the same time too. Yeah, that yeah. was '98. It's like where the destruction porn started coming. It was into its own thing, where it's just like, look at all this stuff blowing up, and it, I just, you know, I love that. That was like. Oh, I'm going to go see this movie for sure. Like, that's why I was super excited for Volcano, too. Because Volcano is definitely more of like, you know, it's a disaster movie, but it's more mm-hmm. like a science fiction type disaster movie where that's it what... is grounded in, it's grounded in reality, but at the same time, it's equally as stupid. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no. And and this was, that was the thing. Like, I remember thinking that, but my, I haven't watched Volcano in a long time, but my memory of that is like, Sure, you know, you turn your brain off, you you enjoy the disaster movie and yeah. and all that. But I don't remember Volcano being like this one had me scratching my head and being like no, 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 yeah. no, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Because nobody in so no characters in this movie make a decision that a normal person would make. <laughs> even the scientists, the even sci- the scientists, especially the scientists. Exactly. Especially the scientists. Yeah. The helicopter pilot little subplot that they kept trying to push. Oh, screw that guy. Oh, man, that bothered me so much because, A, no. That was always, yeah. Like, no, no pilot's going to act like that. He's not going to, somebody's got a broken leg on the mountainside. He's like, I need to renegotiate my rate. Like, no. No, 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 no. I've always, I've always kind of like, liked that because like, oh, man, that dude's such a dirtbag. And then it's like, when he died, when that helicopter crashes, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Screw you. But yeah, he's like time, Alice and Die Hard. Yeah, it's like man, I don't know that I have a whole side story about Alice, but we'll we won't get into that. But <laughs> yeah, Die Hard was before. That's, that's yeah, I, we should have done Die Hard. I give you my Alice theory, but we'll get into that later or ever again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the the whole pilot thing, you know, when he when it crashes, it's like when you when you see like a character who's just a dirtbag, you finally get to come off and it's, it's like you should have known better. For like first of all, it's like you're a pilot, shouldn't you have known this would happen? Right. That's but at the, the same thing, time, like... you're driven by your greed. I don't know. It well, was just maybe it was just something to like, well, we gotta give this character something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, look, he Because then then yes, we get a gets... sweet helicopter crash yeah. later in the movie. Oh yeah. Well he gets his comeuppance and that is satisfying, but no pilot is gonna try and fly a helicopter in that. Like Unless he, you're a, you're a greedy jerk. True. No, it was a it was a really nice. Uh, the special effects were for for that helicopter crash were pretty good. The miniatures I thought were were great. All the miniature work that well, they did. 
you know, we watched the featurette about the effects and, you know, um, what's his name? Roy Arbogast did a lot of the effects and like that he took such care at what the ash is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The effects team, it's one of those like, were they the only people that like brought their A game and everybody else just (laughs) kind of phoned it in? Yeah, it kind of felt like well, that. Like, and and yeah. and look, with a disaster movie, I kind of expect that. I kind of expect that the you know the action and the effects are what's going to drive it. That's what you're there for. You're there to see the mountain explode and the town get wrecked, or the you know the city yeah. get destroyed, whatever it is. So I get that. But the good disaster movies have something else to them. There's another. There's at least another layer, and this had. This felt like a script that was written by somebody who had seen a movie on TV once. And decided it was time to write a script. And the worst part about that is yeah. like, that it kills it for me. It really did. Uh, I mean, something as simple as the the dog. They go up to the grandma's house and they open up the door. You know, there's literally lava coming down the mountainside and ash everywhere. And, and the flipping dog, dog takes off. The dog and the dog just runs takes away. Off. No, that dog would never right. have run away, and he certainly wouldn't have lived and been re- you know rescued later on. Which okay, you get that good feel good moment of the rescue, Can't get, but I yeah. couldn't get my head around the fact that, no, that dog would never have left their side. Yeah. And, I think it's supposed to be, it plays into that, that, like, during a natural disaster, all the animals flee the area, but it usually happens well before. Like, you know, they kind of did a shot where, like, the birds are leaving when the two people are in, like, the hot spring. Yeah. Because they sense that something is coming, so they leave. But it doesn't work with a dog who's domesticated. True. Well, we're, you know, I have seen this movie, I don't know how many times over the years. I just keep coming back to it. Definitely a guilty pleasure. I know it's not a good movie, but at the same time, I don't know. It just reminds me of a time when I just enjoyed watching movies on weekends. (laughs) Even if they were bad. Yeah. Even if they were bad, but it's like you look past the bad, and it's like I'm just there to watch a volcano blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Travis, what was your impression of the scene where Pierce Brosnan is eating cereal, and they're talking about this <laughs> this he, spider leg spider legs oh, in the parking lot of the hotel, just eating the hell out of that cereal? I I definitely think I have brought this up to you in the past. <laughs> I'm sure you have. It it, it like, really did seem familiar when I was watching it. Like, oh, that might be what he was talking about. It's a whole like, definition to chewing scenery. It really is. Like, like if you need if you need like to put in an acting masterclass on how to act while chewing food, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan in Dante's Peak. Yeah, it really <laughs> kind of was. I mean. I I don't know why I've always been fascinated by like just eating cereal and talking about this robot. I don't know. No, it's just uh, I it it did take me out the whole like a lot of the dumb decisions, a lot of the things that people were doing that just made no sense. But you know, at the same time, like I got done with it, and I'm like, yeah, I was entertained. I didn't hate mm-hmm. it. right. The disaster stuff is good. Oh yeah. yeah. Once once they get to that, you know, the last hour of the movie. Uh, yes. Good. Now, well, if... with the exception of the uh, the lake, the acid oh, lake. Oh, the lake. So there's <laughs> dumb decisions being made, and then there's also like, if you're trying to make this a believable 
event, don't mm-hmm. give me something like that. Because the lava flow, I can let that go. Although most uh, eruptions, at least any that I've seen, don't have that level of lava flow. But sure. <laughs> right. And besides the, the fact, how did they not know all this lava was around the house? <laughs> Until right. it tore you know, through the house. Yeah, exactly. They didn't know that it was burning around them. <laughs> right. And then they get into the boat and they're in the lake and all of a sudden it's acid. But it's it's not just... wait. The boat that was in the lake the whole time. No, it was sitting on the dock because you see him pick it up and put no. it in the water. No, it was. It was already was, in the water. It was tied to oh. the dock, floating in the water. Oh jeez. And did it not? Was it not like super acidic until they got out into the lake? Apparently not. Like, and and not only that, it... but yeah, and not only that, but it, the water is not going to get that acidic that fast. This whole movie yeah. takes place over what, like a week, I think. It's, it's a little over a week, yeah. yeah. It was like two weeks. I don't know, but no, uh, because he told him like, "Oh, we gave you a couple days. We wanted to give you a couple yeah. days. We gave you a week." Right. It was a week. And then the next day, it starts erupting. Yeah. Right. It was like I told you. It's like whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that that did that was probably the one scene in the last half of the movie that I, that they could have done acid completely lake. without us. The whole acid lake thing. That was acid just, well, lake. and you know. Having not seen this probably, you know, in who knows how many years, that is the scene I remember the most because I was so angry at the <laughs> fact that the boat was already in the lake. Wouldn't it, have, wouldn't it have already started to have been eating away, you know, the acid would have already started to yeah, take its toll. Definitely. If it, it was already in the eating water. Through the boat. It didn't start eating through the boat until all the characters got into it. And started heading out into the water. Like, that's a jerk boat right there. Right. Well, the boat had <laughs> impenetrable plot armor. Right. Like, well, it's, that's... it's not going to dissolve until the plot demands that until, it dissolve. Right. And that's another thing. Like, all the stupid decisions the characters make, they, they, they're all plot-based. Mm-hmm. Like, if the character didn't make this decision, like, if the kids didn't go to get their grandma, then you wouldn't have, like, a second and third act right. for the main character of the film. Which... I've always thought it was funny because he's like Mr. Hotshot Volcanologist. Yeah. Because that's a thing. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> like, this movie gives volcanologists something to look up to. Like, yeah, man, Pierce Brosnan played one of us. <laughs> well, See, then... but this is something we did talk about, that because the director of this movie had uh, geology uh, training from college... That like is this the movie that people that are geologists or volcanologists like look up to for accuracy? I really probably, hope not. Probably not, because you know when we watched the special features, there were volcanologists talking about like, well, they got this right and this right, but you know at the same time, that's a featurette for the movie, right? So it's like, would they have used it if they're like, absolutely not? This is preposterous. This would not happen. <laughs> well, we're not going to use that in our making of. Right. First of all, that featurette was like an hour and 20 minutes long. It was very long. <laughs> Almost as long as the movie. Yeah. Or it was like an hour. I don't know. It just kept going. I don't know. I And look, the guy that directed this, Roger, was it Roger Don- Donaldson? Roger Donaldson. Yeah. yeah. He's done some decent movies. I mean, he yeah. did Cocktail, which is okay. He did Cadillac yeah. Man. He did The Getaway. Species was yeah. apparently his. It um, was. But 13 hey, days. Hey, I like Species. Yeah, 13 days. 13 days. days. The Recruit. Really I didn't. I liked The Recruit. The oh, Recruit is pretty good. It's a, this is a good thriller. 
you know, and so it's not like he doesn't know how to, to direct. Um, right. Although there there were some choices on shots between him and uh, and the DP. Well, it's, I guess it would be the director, but I do have some questions on that I want to touch on in a minute. But <laughs> the, uh, the, the writer was Leslie Boehm or Bame. I don't know how you would pronounce that. B-O-H-E-M. I'm sure yeah. I'm doing it wrong. Um, I don't know. Her, her writing credits are uh, not great. Um, she wrote Daylight the year before this movie, and then Ooh. Dante's Peak. So neither of those are uh, something you want to hang your hat on. to write home about, yeah. Uh, yep. She had an uncredited writing uh, submission for Tracers, which I never saw. Me neither. That's really about it. The Darkest Hour, The Alamo, uh, and some Ooh, TV the movies. Darkest Hour. The Darkest Al- Hour is not great. But It's really not. But it, this just felt like, it felt like there were... Decisions made so, by characters that that shouldn't have been made, and were only, you're right, they were made to move the plot along. Characters that made no not sense. Not just like, that, not just that, but it's like the like kind of forced love story mm. that really. Oh, that was terrible. It, it it doesn't make sense. It's like they've known each other for a week, and I get it. Like he hasn't been with anybody in four years, and she's a single mom. Like maybe they just want to get it, but at the same yeah, time, but, at the same time, it's like, well, he's a he's he's pretty handsome and he's got a british accent yeah come on <laughs> that goes a long way I, I, it does apparently and he's like got a pretty stable job <laughs> yeah i guess I, you're right the the romance <laughs> angle was yeah everything in this movie felt forced and i think that's, like, yeah. that's it's something that you know volcano didn't have and it's not something you cared about. It's like there wasn't a forced romance between Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hage because, one, she just came out as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So it's really fortunate that they didn't do that at the time. Right. And she's just like, they're they're just doing their jobs in Volcano. Whereas in Dante's Peak, there's like, no, there's got to, it's like, was it studio thing where there's got to be like a love aspect between these two? Or was I'm... it just like terrible writing, which now that, you told me that this person also wrote daylight. It's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. So it's I like, feel she's like just, it was just got writing. really into disaster melodrama because yeah. daylight came out like two months before Dante's peak. So she was like hot soup at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> she had two movies in production and they were both kind of terrible. Flops. <laughs> yeah. No, not flops. This Dante's peak made a decent amount of money and i remember that it made more money than volcano um it did well it did make a little bit more than volcano so dante's peak uh had a budget of 116 million dollars in i remember that in 1997 its it's u.s grosses were 67 million worldwide it did 178 now conversely just barely yeah conversely volcano was was 90 million uh, and it, it did make less. It made 49 in the U.S. and 122 worldwide. So, they, but when you have a oh. lower starting point, yeah. So I mean, the audiences worldwide kind of dug Volcano more than Dante's Peak. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Which, what is that? That says more about Time with Lee Jones than it does about Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but the thing, the thing though, is that like Dante's Peak came out i think the week after the re the 20th anniversary re-release of star wars Ooh. 
So it had that to compete with. That's right, because that was like February, wasn't it? It was. It was at the. It was January, the last week of January of '97. Okay. That's when the special edition of Star Wars first came out. I remember and the that. next week. Yeah, the next week, this volcano movie that cost what, like, seventy times more than Star Wars did in 1977. Yeah. Yeah, yep, but, that was uh, 7th of February, 97, and then Volcano was a couple months later in April. Um, yeah. And... I remember, that was April 25th. I don't know why, I just, because I was really looking forward to it. Well, I think, I I think you and I saw that in the theater together. <laughs> Volcano? Like, I, I, I feel like that. I know I went and saw it in the theater. I saw it with Tailman. Could have been there. I usually remember who I go see movies with. I don't know if we were hanging out so, at the time yet. Well, I don't know. But, but is is the know. flip side of this coin is like the reason that Dante's Peak did better domestically than Volcano is that people in the states saw Dante's Peak and then by the time Volcano came out, they were like, "I'm not seeing another Volcano disaster movie." Oh, I'm sure that played into it. Absolutely, especially that but, close together and. You know, yeah. this happens a lot. There's a lot of these twin movies that come out. Well, we talked about that, how close it, they came yeah. out together and how often that happens. Well, Travis, you remember, like, the next year in 98, that's when Deep Impact and Armageddon came out within yep. two months of each other. Oh, yeah. And and, and I'll go how on many record, times did Deep we go Impact and see... is so much better. <laughs> how many times did we go and see Armageddon? Seriously. Uh, oh, man. At least. Do you remember that we were we wanted to this the standee in the lobby at the theater mm -hmm. was like the countdown clock yeah and we wanted to be there to see it hit all zeros yep wow you guys are nerds yes because we'd been looking at it for like three or four months and there was this countdown clock on it and we wanted to be there to buy the first ticket when it hit all zeros and when we got there. Right when they opened, it was already at all zeros, and we were super pissed. Uh huh. Nerds. And yes. come to find out later that the theater manager had set the clock wrong, so it's his fault. <laughs> oh, nice. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, okay, so so Volcano and Dante Speak come out within a couple of months of each other, right? And we see this happen a lot. We just mentioned Armageddon and Deep Impact. If you look, yep. like there's a Wikipedia list that shows a bunch of these twin films. Well, like mm. most recently, um, Dread and uh, I can't think of it. Yeah, the Raid. The Raid. Yep. There's Tombstone and Wyatt Earp came out within a year of each mm -hmm. other. Uh, Rookie of the Year and Little Big League. You had uh, Terminal oh, Velocity yeah. and Drop Zone. Um, yep. Oh, man, some okay. The Adventures of Priscilla, well, Bugs... Queen of the Desert, and Two Wong Fu and came yeah, out Bugs within Life a year. And ants. Yep, Bugs Life and Ants. Bugs Ant. Life and Ants. You had Braveheart um, and Rob Roy, like. Yeah, this happens a lot. Now, here's a question for you. How often and and usually it's one movie is is better than the other. Either one movie does significantly better in the box office or it's just objectively a better film than the other. Right. See, but I don't feel that way about uh, the Raid and Dread. I feel like they are both excellent movies in their own right. The oh, other yeah. well, movies, maybe not so much. Well, with those with the raid and dread you like i've read or i've seen clips where it's, i uh forget his name the guy that made the movie or wrote the movie gareth like were, edwards evans edwards uh, the guy that wrote dread oh danny, I was he raid. used he worked with danny boy alex garland he wrote 
Dread, and they were talking about like they were deep into post production. They had filmed the movie, mm-hmm. and then they saw someone on the production team was like, "You guys, you got to see the trailer for this movie that is coming out in a couple months." And it was the trailer for the raid. Oh man! Like these movies, like it was, it was at this point a total coincidence. It's like these these two movies they knew nothing about each other. They were filmed in different countries. Yeah, and they just happened to have the same plot which is insane but when it's like um bugs life or ants yeah that is clearly that is clearly like you know a script starts going around hollywood mm-hmm. and gains traction and like gets picked up by a studio and they put it into production and this other studio is like well we have a script that's the same thing basically yeah. we can make our movie get it out first because that's what happened with like ants Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ants sucks. Well, Ants yeah. did suck, but it came out first before it came out like a month before Bugs Life, and that was DreamWorks. And at the time, DreamWorks was like trying to go head to head with Disney with their like animated department. Yeah, they really were because they were like, we got Anastasia, we got Ants, we got Prince of we Egypt, got Shrek. They were Shrek. They were like trying hard, and it's pretty, probably only a matter of years before DreamWorks buys or. Disney buys DreamWorks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. But at the time, it was like, oh, they're making a movie about bugs, so are we. Right, and, and that one... Ants, and I... oh my God, wasn't Woody Allen the voice of the lead ants? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think oh, Stallone sh- is an ant. Stallone, Stallone is and, an uh, ant. He's Sharon like the Stone. general. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, so bad. That's a weird... But like... it... it that's why like i think twin movies exist it's like it's not a phenomenon it's done purposefully by studios to be like well we're making a movie like this too like dante speaking volcano it's like well we're making a movie we're making a volcano movie too and it's just different enough okay where we might oh here's another one didn't blown away and die hard with a vengeance come out near each other um, I don't. They were like see a that. year apart. Yeah, I don't see that. Because I always list, got but... the same kind of vibe actually, from Blown Away. No, it was actually like Speed and Blown Away. That Is was that the what same it was? Year. Yeah, yeah, that would have done it. Um, Babe and Gordy came out the same year. Those are both. Oh my god! Family <laughs> films starring pigs. <laughs> That's like, crazy. Uh, yep. Yep. Powder and Phenomenon were within a year of each other. Um, mm-hmm. what are some? And others? director aside, Powder is a better movie. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I mean, and it gets, it can get even weird. Like seven years in Tibet came out the same year as Kundun, and they're both about the Dalai Lama. Whoa! Uh You know, uh, you had um, Prefontaine and Without Limits were both bio biopics about Steve Prefontaine. I remember seeing both of those. Um, Well, you know, runners. We all saw those. Travis, come on. Oh yeah, and you had you know (laughs) Deep Impact and Armageddon. You've got. the Truman Show and Ed TV came out within a year of each other. Um, and like Truman a bunch of Show dog. is way better. It is. Which one? Truman Show Truman. is way oh, yeah. better. No, Truman Show is way better. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, but that's the director. Yeah, sometimes the movies, like Dark City and The Matrix, visually mm-hmm. look similar, but I, I don't consider those to be really twin movies. No, no the, that's the not subject matter is totally different. Yeah. Dark um, City came out like a year and a half before The Matrix. But they did use the same rooftop sets. Yeah, they did. In, in the and Matrix. those are the rooftop sets from The Crow. Fun fact. <laughs> so, right. Um, 
What was another good one that uh, I remember seeing? Well, Mission to Mars and Red Planet. Those were both. Yes! God, there were so many Mars movies. Yep. Um, I see, like Gone in sixty seconds and Fast and the Furious. I don't think of as a twin film, even though they're no, both they're both too cars. far apart. They're, just, they're so different. The score and, and heist. And they're too far apart. Yeah, the yeah. score and heist were both two thousand one. Um, those are kind of totally similar. different, though. Yeah. Yes and no. I think there's a difference between those because the score is more. I'm not a fan of it. It's not that, but it's like it's more character driven, I think, than the heist is. Oh, I guess I like the score personally. But that's what about like I... Kate? What about like K two and Aspen Extreme? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like wasn't there like those an movies in... are. Isn't there like an influx of mountain climbing movies? There was for some, yeah, some weird reason, right? Um, right. Here's another good oh, one but... for you, uh, Joe Dirt and yeah. Run Ronnie Run. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't and consider I those to like... be twin films, but you know, it's yeah. kind of funny but... how similar they were for being that close together. But, but right. Ronnie Dobbs was an established character well before the movie. Yes, that is true. Right. Uh, no, there's a lot of these. If you go to the, the Wikipedia thing, um, you'll find, and sometimes it's like, so it, it, it's almost like somebody options, uh, an, a, a public domain story like Beowulf and Beowulf <laughs> and Grendel. Oh man. Right. Or you there's see so like many Snow Beowulf White and the Huntsman movies. and Mirror Mirror or whatever that one was called. Yes. Uh, yes. But then you, then you get some that it just like. I wonder how they came up with the thought because you have the illusionist and the prestige come out the same year and they're both about kind of turn of the century magicians. Like. Yes. Right. But I don't think that, I think that's another one that was not intentional based the on. The illusionist is definitely an art film. Well, it's they're such very a different. smaller movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But they are about turn of the century magi- magicians, which magicians, I suppose, yeah. but I, I, that one just seems incidental. Like it's it, it was not on purpose. And Travis, do you remember? Was it Brian Pennington? Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't wasn't he like super pissed off when he heard about the Prestige because that was like an idea he had when you guys were going to Full Sail. I feel like, like it might have been. I remember Ian telling me it's like he had this idea about dueling magicians, and when he found out the Prestige was coming out, it was just like. <laughs> It drove him to just kill himself with alcohol. That's not true. I don't know if that's true. No. I'm sure he's still out there, and I'm sure he's doing okay. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it's just weird, this like uh, twin film thing that comes along. Because you're right. I think that the majority of them are somebody hears rumor that, oh, you know, so-and-so right. is going to make uh, Oblivion. Well, we, we're going to do After Earth then. We're going to have something similar to compete, and we'll get ours out first. Or there was Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down came out. And White House year. Down. Yes. The same year. That's another two. one where they came out like months apart. It's like White House under siege movies. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's and literally it's like. that one of them is still a surviving franchise. Yeah. Right. And the other one, it's because the other one cost so much money and lost so much money. Right. It's like, no, we're done. Well, you know, Roland Emmerich is not uh, not the bankable director that he once was. He's not, but at the same time, I was happy he was just making a balls out action movie for once. Yeah, like oh yeah, he's not destroying the planet. It's just like an action movie. So no, I appreciate that because he destroyed the planet enough times. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I definitely like White House Down more than Olympus Has Fallen, which is weird 
because Olympus Has Fallen is like a hard R-rated film. Mm-hmm. But White House Down has better set pieces. I don't know. Again, I like I like movies where there's a disaster aspect. Yeah. And I guess maybe because White House Down was Roland Emmerich, I like that more. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. You know, and but and... I, you know, oh, go ahead. Going back to like Love of Dante's Peak, you know, I will defend the movie even though I know it's dumb. There's so much <laughs> stupid shit in this movie, but at the same time, I've always been like, like you know there for disaster films 2012 it's so stupid but i loved it and day after tomorrow like these movies get bad raps because it's like oh it's just all melodrama and disaster it's like that's all disaster movies have ever been yeah towering inferno was almost three hours long and it had so many like side stories going on with all their characters they're like daytime soap opera type stories yeah set in a burning building it's like you know what is it what's his name not robert vaughn um oh uh, i can't remember now he was he's all i mean i could run out of this i could run out and go look on the shelf but i'm not going to <laughs> but thank you no that's, that's but fine. he's um, he's like he's having an affair with his secretary and then, like, five minutes later, he's on fire, and he's, like, runs through a play class window, and he falls <laughs> 20 stories to his death. It's like, Jesus. Was that uh, <laughs> was that William Holden or Richard Chamberlain? Richard Chamberlain. Chamberlain, okay. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, but it's like, I'll make so it. Long. It's like, I can make it through this fire, and then he's just, like, on fire, and he falls through a window, and he's just dead. No, and like, that's all disaster movies have ever been and Dante's Peak is kind of like that it's just not nearly as good right it like, so you're right it's a disaster movie so I I immediately I'm going into it parking my brain at the door and saying all right disaster yeah. movie cool give me some stuff that blows up and I think yeah. had I gotten more of the last half of the movie minus the acid lake I'd have been happy yeah. with it like that yeah. was great the that stuff was exactly what I expect out of a movie like this but the first hour killed me building it, it building up to it's like you need to build up to it so much yeah like take the in and where you're talking about the melodrama and stuff like that's the simple you know first stuff you learn in script writing is yeah is stuff like that so it, i kind of understand but at the same time i like, will say I mean, it's not into the melodrama but like the kind of the foreshad not necessarily foreshadowing because it's very like kind of ham-fisted but like seeing the nasa beacon and like they set up a lot of the things that they kind of call back to was done really well because it didn't mm-hmm. seem maybe necessarily all that forced. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I mean, they had so a reason to have those the writing aspects. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. But you know, it's like, that's why you have a greedy helicopter pilot, you know, well, you got to have melodrama. That's why you have the grandma that refuses to come out of her, Right. Her cabin and the kids the have to go really, the, the really the really one note business guy that's gonna start the, a business in this start a business. Yeah. Like, it, 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 like this movie could have easily been Jaws with a volcano, where the mayor no, is like, "No, we're gonna lose all this wasn't, money." And the mayor wasn't. was not the one; it was the other no. scientist. It was. It was the dude who's like, "No, let's just remain level-headed about this volcano. It might not erupt." 
And then when it does, it's like, oh, I guess I'm the asshole. I'm the mayor from Jaws this time. I'm the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> oh, man. And and he was, yeah. He was the one character that I just felt like, I don't know. Charlie, little, little Charlie Hallahan? Yeah. Who, sadly, I didn't know like years later, but he died not long after Dante's Peak came out. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, this is like one of his last movies. It is. And he was he was fine. I hated the character, but yeah. the performance was fine. Now, yeah, talking about some of the dumb stuff, uh, you have a script supervisor on a set to <laughs> keep continuity, right? So why is it that when uh, Dreyfus is going over in the bridge and that whole scene, which <laughs> is a great scene, but the dude with the broken leg is running out of the van and running back to the van? <laughs> Like, wait a minute. And he has a cast on. Wait a minute. He had a broken <laughs> leg like to. a day ago, right? <laughs> and everything's all slippery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I saw that and then later on, um, Pierce Brosnan has the compound fracture in his arm, all I can think is like, well, in this universe, that's going to heal in like 36 hours. So he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Right. Oh, my God. Wrap so... it up and you're good. Yes. But that so we character were watch- was we... on crutches with a cast. The rest of yeah. the when movie, they all... every other yeah. scene. <laughs> Got out of the out of the helicopter at the end of the movie to greet Harry when they brought him out of the tunnel. Yeah, but that's they would something not have I let never them go up there. No, no, my God! And like, okay, so one of the things I I guess I never really thought about until we watched it again last night is it like, okay, so Harry set off this NASA beacon, and then when you when they finally discover it, he's like, "How long's this thing been beeping?" And he's like, "I don't know, a couple days." Yeah, that's a couple days from when he noticed it. Right. Who knows how long it's actually been? Like, it could have been a Friday and no one was in the <laughs> office until Monday. And then the guy didn't notice it or say anything until Thursday. So it's like, okay, so Harry has just been trapped in this truck, in right. this mine, with his fracture in his arm and the bone sticking out, which has always been the grossest thing to me. Oh, I hate that. So it's like when they finally find him and he gets out of this truck and he's like, okay. He is clearly going to have shit and pissed himself, right? Several times, yes. <laughs> this man is clearly covered in his own ways. Oh man, that was well. Yeah, at the very least, like bugging he everybody. Smells terrible. And then, he's and then he kisses the mayor. Yeah, Bro. He kisses Linda Hamilton. It's just like no, this guy is clear. Like, there's no way that he did not shit himself. <laughs> Pardon my French, but it's like, come on. I mean. I guess he didn't need to leave that out. But we were also talking about, like, because, you know, disaster movies in the 70s, you got to have, like, a main character die to, like, solidify that's like, oh, you don't know if these people are going to live or not. Right. So, like, no one is safe. It's kind of like, sadly, it became, like, the Joss Whedon form where it's, like, you know, wash in serenity. Yeah, and I remember hearing an interview with Whedon where he talked about, you know, to really have drama, somebody has to die. And I understand that. Like, I get that. And and the way he used it in Serenity was brilliant. Yes. Because it was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for everyone involved. But when you are going to do that, that's fine. Don't. Yeah. This one didn't feel. I've I've used this term a few times on the show, but it it didn't feel earned for him to be the one to die. In the way that he did. And then Joe pointed out when we were watching it, it's severely undercut. By a Wilhelm scream. Oh, God, yes. Where, oh, that was so he, where, out of place. What was his name when he goes into the... the Paul. 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 Wasn't his name yeah. Paul? Yep. 
Yeah, when he's like, you know, the river, it's like the bridge is going up, and he's like, well, guess I'm going to die now. And then yep. he falls into the water, and you hear the Wilhelm scream. And it's just like, God, at the time. At the time, you could have gotten I, I away with it. At the time, it was like, you got away with it. But then you had every movie since putting it in ad nauseum. And it's like, dude. Putting it in and parodying it. So now yeah. that that's something that didn't age well at all. Like, there are parts no. of this movie that did. I, I said it earlier. <laughs> it's like, it aged like milk. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, I guess to me the thing that didn't age the least is the stupid Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah I that... can forgive the effects; they still look pretty good. No, they looked fine. Although the, the Patty did fine. point out, Patty did point out the one thing that she thought was looked terrible. Was it the <laughs> first? Uh, was it the first matte painting shot of the mountain? It was. Well, well it the wasn't balloons. the mountain. The it balloons. Was the balloon. Yeah. No. If mm-hmm. don't have the balloons in that but... shot, and it looks fine. It's believable. Yes. As soon as those balloons are floating in front, I'm like, oh, well, that's a matte painting, and it's off. It's yeah, super obvious. Yeah, it's very obvious. That was that was but one the, of my notes. Like, one of my first notes was obvious matte painting yeah. is obvious. Obvious, yeah. <laughs> and, like, well, all the shots of the mountain throughout the movie, like, you see and the, the reflection down to the, something. Oh, the, that was another one, the reflection The Lyndall thing. Hamilton yes. reflection. That has always bugged the crap out of me. Like, because it's like, why you're undercutting this amazing shot with right. this stupid artistic, whatever? Okay. Uh, and right. and yeah. Joe has something about the end undercutting a shot. Okay. I do. Hold on to that. I want to get to that. But okay. As long as we're talking about weird or undercutting shots, obviously all those reflections because they just look terrible. They look. Yeah. They, don't they look, look really bad. Yeah, they don't like look like weird... a window. Like, why did you do this? Like, but, but yeah. what was with all of the Dutch angles? You noticed? Oh my God, we talked about that too. So, yeah, the the whole movie yeah. for the first whatever it is, fifteen minutes or whatever, everything is pretty standardly done, and then all of a yes. sudden they switch to the scene with with the city council meeting. And it's yeah. like everything is the sweeping no. movements and Dutch It angles. happened before that, too, when she's getting dressed to go accept the award. There yeah, are Dutch angles. Like when they start, when they go to the town is like yeah, kind of where it, it starts. And those felt I mean, weird. Like Dutch did. angles are supposed to make you feel out of sorts. Why am, like, I trying, why am I feeling out of sorts about the city council meeting that way? Like, okay, I... A good director will will shoot something boring like a city council meeting or an interrogation, and they will shoot it in such a way that it's visually interesting, right? You don't just want two shots and over the shoulder, and that's right. boring. John McTiernan is masterful at doing that. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch mm-hmm. Basic, he does such a good job of camera <laughs> movements in that movie. Oh, the interrogations, yeah. In the interrogations, or the way he would shoot simple dialogue scenes in the Die Hard movies. He can right. frame stuff really, really well and get things like that going on. This just felt like, wait, I'm watching a different movie now. Like, somebody else directed that scene. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, like, maybe when she's getting ready to go accept the award and she's supposed to seem really rushed and she's late, the Dutch angles maybe almost make sense because you're supposed to feel a sense of urgency yeah. with her. I can, I can let that one go, but they got so extreme <laughs> in that that scene yeah. in the courthouse and they just felt I mean, weird like they had that weird tracking yeah. shot where it tracks around pierce brosnan and then he goes and sits down like it was just well and when we <laughs> talked about it watching it i wondered if it's not because a lot of that was um 
not handheld because you know they wear a rig but it's not a dolly shot yeah it's steady it's a, cam. it's a camera operator you know and i wondered if that was if that had something to do with it i paid it for the steady cam also, i'm gonna use the steady cam. Use, yeah it could also be like the constraints of where they filmed it because maybe that was just like first of all this place was filmed in like idaho yeah i want to go to this town now but that could have been like an actual location that you know they can't use like super great lenses so maybe you got the steady cam rig just tilt it i don't know yeah i'm not Do sure some... but I otherwise definitely... it's not interesting at all because you know the, the conversation itself isn't that interesting right and you know hey that very well could have been like the director's like all right this script is terrible i gotta do something to space this <laughs> up right i i just wanted to make this movie we'll just we'll just get through this scene and move on but... okay uh, another thing though that i do want to talk about is um i know you know what go ahead and tell me what your your shot at the end that kind of undercut stuff okay so i guess you know as many times i've seen this movie it's been a while i watched it again and it's kind of always bugged me though about the end of the movie where you know they all get on the helicopter they're flying away the music is it's swelled and now it's dying down and the camera is panning up to show you what the mountain looks like after it exploded. But before you see the mountain, the fucking, I'm sorry, the credits start scrolling. Oh yeah. And it's like, wait, no, don't start the credits scrolling yet. There's this amazing shot that we're looking at. And the music is like, the movie's not over yet. Stop it. Like the credits should have waited like 15 seconds before they started scrolling. Like, who made the decision to have the credits scroll over this shot, which probably cost who knows how much at the time. Oh yeah. And you're ruining it by like starting the credits and you know, like uh, any projectionist in the world at the time would have cued the credit lights to go up as soon as they see the lights. So it's like your movie's not even over yet, but the lights are already coming up. Yep. Yeah. No, that was like, you made these people sit through this whole movie, (laughs) like it or not. And then, your movie's not even over yet, and you're just telling them to get out? Yep, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was, was my main, main, like, oh, I never really thought about that. That's annoying. <laughs> um, so one thing I always like to point out are uh, connections we have to previous um, movies we've done on this show. And the only one for this was Pierce Brosnan, because we talked about <laughs> The World's End, and he was in that. Um, so there's, yeah. that list is fairly short in this one. But there was a... Um, quote unquote the uh, film sack coined this phrase and it's the chick in the bucket it's like a character that's shown and then you just forget about them for the rest of the movie like wait what happened to them and granted <laughs> there's a lot of them in this and it, that uh, that came from they were watching uh, Wild Wild West in the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie Will Smith is in that uh, water tower with the girl and then he leaves oh, yeah. her there and they just never yeah. mention her again um, yep. And there's a lot of the characters girl in the that bucket. have that. I love it. Yeah, but uh, in this movie, it was Doctor Fox, the um, the town doctor slash busybody like gossip person. Oh they, yeah, they the, set up the like she's a gossip. We, the like yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we talked about her. It's like here's an actress you've seen in literally hundreds of things, but you can't name them. Right, <laughs> and you don't even know what her name is. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, any guesses as to what her name is without looking it up? I no, have no clue. Lee Garlington. Uh, Nope. Okay. And I would you're never right. Have she, it. she, like, you see her and you immediately recognize her, right? But you have yeah, no idea. Yeah, she's one what of those. From. It's like, 
oh, I know her. She played like the busybody neighbor in something. Or... Yeah. I mean, she was in well, Field it... of Dreams. She was in Sneakers. She was in Cobra, for crying out loud. Like, she's oh, been in a oh, ton of stuff. She... But, she wasn't cool. Um, but you never remember her name, it's... and they just never mention her again. Like, she shows up in a couple maybe... of scenes, and that's it. It could be like a deleted scene where it's there, like, you saw what happened to her, but it's like, no. Yeah, it's maybe. not important. It's not like, important. Got, Let's cut her out. She got crushed by something. Like, let's face it, she probably died. Oh, I'm But sure. it was Most so depressing did. the way it was filmed. It was like, you know what? People don't need <laughs> to see this. This movie's PG 13. So, okay, it's PG 13, <laughs> but the in the opening. That opening thing that takes yes, place in like the Columbia scene with his girlfriend. Oh, that was yeah. brutal. All yeah, of that is like, well, and we talked, we, we were talking about like, there's a lot of, and it's, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of disaster happening, but it's like, there's just a man carrying a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that oh, no, so a little out of place. But yeah. no, like, you're right. It, it, there's a lot going on in there, but that, that whole thing with the way that his girlfriend yeah it. the debris yeah and it goes it through the top right. of the truck and like okay the you know they show the shot and they show the, the piece of debris come down it goes through the top of the truck and you're like oh that got her but then they yeah, show her, her. not only do ble- they show her she's like she's bleeding but she's like seizing from it like that yeah. was yeah that was rough to it's, see to like that might you. be that might be like the director because you know this is the same guy that made species yeah, where an alien kisses a dude and then a tongue comes out the back of his head. True. So it's like maybe, well, keep. He didn't realize like, oh, maybe that is kind of violent. We probably should pull back on that. This movie is going to cost a hundred and sixteen million dollars. We need to make it PG thirteen to yeah. try and recoup. But, like they spent their violence budget in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. Exactly. And then at the end with the bone is sticking out of his arm. Yeah. Like those are probably yeah. the two most violent things in the movie. Oh, well, I guess grandma getting her legs burnt off in the ass. Too. It was yeah. a choice. She chose it to was, do that. She chose to do that. That's true. <laughs> what? But it okay. didn't eat through all of her pants. No. Just some of them. Amazingly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Levi's. Now, right. <laughs> Now here's a question. I seeing this movie for the first time yesterday, I knew this music. I had heard oh, this yeah. before. Does this get used How? in trailers or stuff or did you just use this in things that we had done before? Oh my god. So, I'm glad you mentioned the music. Travis, I own this soundtrack. Well, that And I've used me. it in many of the things that we have done over the years. Okay. That's why it sounded uh, so for- familiar. Oh yeah, I used to listen to this soundtrack all the time. I had a thing for like scores. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the- music. Had, and- sure, had had, right. had. Um, and it was mostly because it's like, oh, this is really good music. I could use this in something that we film, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I did. Dante, uh, what did we use this? Oh, dude, it was in the pancake skit. That's it. That's it was it in was. pancakes. It was in pancakes three. Okay. I yeah. just heard Travis hit the table in a eureka moment. <laughs> because you, it, yes. all of a sudden, I'm yes. hearing it, and it's like, yes, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was Pancakes 3. That's what I used it in. Maybe well, the second and one you know too. what? With with all this movie's faults, it does have a phenomenal score. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's written by James, James Newton Howard. Howard. Yeah, exactly. He's great. Like, you look at his list of stuff, and it, I mean. Yeah. It's it's something else, but uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I did genuinely like the music. The movie was entertaining. I'm not going to say that it wasn't entertaining because I certainly had a fun time with it. But right. it's just... It hits all the notes of a disaster film. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the thing is, I could probably go back and watch Volcano and realize how dumb that was. <laughs> yeah. What I remember most from Volcano are two things. One of them was at the very end where he's holding a little girl and she's like, everybody looks the same because they're all covered in ass. Yeah, and the voice is totally dubbed. Oh, yeah. And like, that's only... not that little girl's voice. No. And the <sighs> only other thing I remember vividly from that movie is it is John Carroll Lynch uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> walking out of the back of that uh, subway car into the lava. Yeah. Because he's saving some guy's life. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember he's... that. And that's it. Yeah. But... You don't remember, um, like, the weird racism between the cops and the black people? Vaguely. Because uh, it's like, it's there so is a volcano, like, there is a volcano erupting, and for some reason a cop sees fit to arrest some dude for trying to force firemen to be like, hey, go save my neighborhood. Yeah, that's like, I do remember, it's just like, yeah, I vaguely remember that. It, it was, they were trying to do some social commentary in that movie, I think. Well, and it's the same, you know, the scene you said you remember, where it's like, oh, well, they all look the same. That is still very social commentary because yeah. it's like in a disaster yeah. everyone is equal or they mm-hmm. should be right yeah no i think dante's peak if it weren't for some of the things that were dumb that just pushed it over the top the acid lake decisions by people <laughs> and the forced romance <laughs> yes yeah. i'm i'm not giving there, up on the acid lake yeah. thing that just that yeah. totally took me out of things. But if it weren't for those three things, I think I would uh, I would recommend this even more. Like, if you like disaster movies, absolutely watch this because it's a fun disaster movie. It's not a great film, yeah. but well, and least... it and it is well acted. We we mm-hmm. talked about it's like well, there is an Academy Award winner in this cast. There is right. one Academy Award winner in this cast, and it is not nearly who you think it would be. Uh, I can't remember who it is now. You don't okay? Think. Uh... You guys should do one for Congo, seriously. Oh, that's it's gonna, Grant that's Heslov. Grant Heslov. He won an Oscar for producing Argo. That's right. <laughs> that guy is you, an Academy Award winner. The guy that said this. Coffee. Hold on. Coffee, yeah. coffee, coffee, yeah, yeah, coffee, yeah. Hold on. Yes. I've got coffee, that. Coffee, coffee, coffee. You do? Oh. Yeah. Yes. It's coffee time. Coffee. 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 Cappuccino. Yum. Yes. <laughs> That dude, Academy Award winner. Academy Award winner. <laughs> Boy, yes. I'll tell you what. Uh, there... What's Volcano got? Well, it's got Tommy Lee Jones, but still. Well, Volcano. <laughs> so Volcano has a heck of a cast too. Just just going down that real quick. You got Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hayes, but you also have Don Cheadle, Keith David, mm-hmm. and John Carroll. Forgot about Keith David. And John I... Carroll. Well, oh, John and John, John Corbett. John Corbett's in it. Yeah. Little little Johnny Corbett. Yeah, so I mean that had a good cast too, but uh... well, and because I I made mention, it's like with the exception of Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton, everyone else in Dante's Peak is just sort of character actors. Yeah. Like at the time, you had seen all these people, almost all of them, in things, whether you remembered them or not. Yeah, Lee Garlington, we mentioned Brian Reddy was one of the um, he was the bald uh guy that you know was like oh you yeah want us to the evacuate. other city council guy yeah exactly yeah you've seen him and stuff Peter Jason you've seen him in a lot of things like oh yeah there were people in this no I and then like 
Grant Heslov, he he'd been in what True Lies. He was in Congo. Yeah, like you know this guy. And well, he was... usually plays. The, he used he used to usually play a bad guy though, so maybe that's why this was a nice change for him. <laughs> but see, He's I remember him in those other movies. Right, I remember him. No, from I, Congo. I mean not maybe not bad, but yeah. not a guy you would root for. Well, yeah. this movie had a lot of oh, I know that person from something. People in it, right. Like, Oh, well, that's and the dude I did, that I saw in, you know, this and, and, and whatnot. Like, I did the same thing with um, her son. I was like, oh, yeah, this kid. And I couldn't place him, so I had to look him up. He was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. <laughs> and it was just one of those, like, and it, it wasn't like a pan, a long-standing role or anything. He was like a kid in a coma. <laughs> But I remembered him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like the same year that this movie came out. In fact, 97, he did a few TV things. But um, yeah, no, I, and that's the thing. So you had your Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton and then a bunch of, hey, I know that person actors in it. But, right. But that's yeah. a disaster movie. Like, you know, they, they spent all the money on everything else. So just get character actors. It yeah. doesn't matter. Get your character do the actors. Jobs. They work for scale. Like, I am super surprised that William H. Macy isn't in this movie. <laughs> oh, that would have been about the time for him to have been in it, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, but overall... I, 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 go ahead. Oh, yeah. What'd you, what'd you, no, go ahead. What'd you well, say? I'm just... Overall, it was uh, it was fine. Like, there... I'm not <laughs> gonna, right. It was fine. I'm it not going to rail it, on this it, movie. It's just... It is what it is. It's a, it's a late 90s disaster film. It's just fine, you know, and that's probably a reason why it only made $67 million. It's yeah. just fine. I will tell you something I noticed sure. as a woman watching it. Uh, the makeup, surprisingly, okay. on Linda Hamilton, especially like there's a scene where it's like she's when she's inviting him to dinner, the eggplant parmesan or whatever. Oh, oh, I was oh, like, oh. oh, wow. I said I was thinking like, oh, wow, like. There's not a lot of like cover up under her eyes. I was like, oh, she looks tired a little mm -hmm. bit, but it's like, well, she would be. Right, she's a mayor. You and know, she like, runs that business. And, and her kid mother. almost yeah. died. Right, right. <laughs> but and it's there was there's another scene like after they eat dinner when they're sitting on the porch and drinking wine, that I thought like, oh wow, she's wearing almost no makeup because you can see all of her freckles. Hmm. Like it's like a. A, not normalizing but like she looks like a real person humanizing yeah yeah versus like you know she's a movie star right okay I get and that. i think it's it's one of those small things to me made a difference i don't know yeah no that's see and i like having perspective like that because that's not something i'm going to notice being that you know i mean with all the makeup that i wear you think i would but <laughs> right of course <laughs> Also, that scene did have the great delivery of this. You like eggplant parmesan? For breakfast. <laughs> for, for breakfast? <laughs> right. I, I think it would have been funnier if we'd be like, God, no. <laughs> so there are I am British. Few, I like no. everything deep fried and disgusting. Right. There, there there, are... There's a few moments in this where, because like in that scene, he talks about how he's not really good at like, reading people or knowing how to interact with people which it's like wait then like two scenes later he's trying to kiss her in her kitchen right because yeah. he is but still, also, he's still James Bond. right we i kind of made a joke where it's like 
when after they've got her kids in the car or something and they're driving away and the kid said something about lava and i was like you know what if he was really bad at personal relationships he would have said well actually it's magma yeah yes <laughs> right yeah he would have pulled was... the neil degrasse tyson card yeah exactly <laughs> so there were two other clips that i i there wasn't a ton to catch capture in this but i'd want to play these two clips just because they made me laugh in the movie the first one was when he first gets to the motel in Dante's Peak and he's talking to the guy behind the counter because the way yep. the way the guy delivered this line just cracked me up. I don't know, some piece of crap town out in Montana, who cares? <laughs> that was just great. Right. Was, like and then and then the other one was at the end they're in the mine and he's getting ready to head back and he hears the kids oh, are all yeah. scared. And again, this kind of plays into what you were saying, Patty, where it's like, if he was really this bad at reading people, there's no way he goes back to tell them this. Right. And he goes back, yeah. and it's the it's the question and the way he answers it is like, I literally was like, what? And it was this one. <laughs> Have you ever been deep sea fishing? No. Good. Neither have I. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because we were talking about it last night, too. It's like, wait, why would you ask these kids if they want to go out on a boat when their grandmother just boiled to death in a lake, right, saving them from a boat? Their most recent memory of a boat is right. a lake of acid, and now you want to take them out on the ocean. Which, you know, when we were oh. watching it, I was thinking, like, this is, like, the worst vacation. Like, she should have said, we're not doing that. not doing I am the mayor of this town, which no longer exists. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. And my last name map. is Wando. Wando. Also, Wando. that is true. Like Linda Hamilton's life is kind of totally over. The her two in that jobs. Movie, yes. Her, her, oh, her, yeah. In that movie, her two jobs are gone. Like she's not the mayor of this town that doesn't exist, and her coffee shop is gone. That's so. true. Yep, she's kind of not she really a happy. Over. Not really a happy ending for her. No. Like I guarantee you, Harry dumped her like a month later. Oh sure. Absolutely. So, Dante's Peak Two is not going to be a good movie. Oh, oh so the sequel is going to be like they rebuild the town and then it just erupts again. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because you know there volcanoes was... do that. Right. They do. They erupt more than once. Mm -hmm. There was another another thing that I thought was funny. It's like right before the action kicks off, you know, mm -hmm. um, they're having the the town hall meeting, and I, I don't know why I never thought about it before, but you know, they're sitting at they're in the gymnasium. They're all on the stage. There's him and Pierce Brosnan and Little Ham Hamilton are sitting at the table, and you see these pitchers of water and a glass of water, and you're like, I don't know. The first thing I thought of was like, who? who put that there besides like person... the fact that in the previous scene we saw that the yeah. water is acidic and it's right. brown yeah exactly right where's that water it's come like, from who, who put that was that like bottled that's got to be bottled water and it's it like, is filled... literally it's also, there also it's to show the earthquake ice. yeah and then it's there for one reason and that's to shake when the earthquake starts right yep no that's there there again it's your script supervisor thing that i was talking about earlier like and you have somebody like, in charge of continuity for a reason it's it's like if you like if someone were to just like notice it like the first time you're watching it you know it's like who put that water there <laughs> and then two seconds later you realize oh it is simply there as like a here's comes the earthquake yep <laughs> 
Travis, then, you talked but, about. Oh, oh, go ahead. But it is. It's like, and then the movie starts because yep. from then on out, it is just like disaster porn. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's probably like you sit through that whole opening whole opening like it is almost literally like an hour of the movie mm-hmm. yeah it is and, because i actually had to pause it at that uh right before it kind of kicked into gear um yeah. for something else and I, I was like oh we're 55 minutes into this and i've got 52 minutes left yeah so it is it's like that but then after that it's like you know it's a disaster movie for sure mm-hmm. and i've always loved his giant suburban that he drives yeah Things it's like, is that USGS issued God, like vehicle? So. Like, do you, does everyone get one of those? <laughs> and no, also, like why does why does a Vulcan why does a Vulcanologist know how to hotwire a car? <laughs> it's it's he a wasn't movie, always everybody. a Vulcanologist, right? I wasn't always a Vulcanologist. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the streets. <laughs> oh. Well, hey, you know what? This was uh, this was a fun one. I'm glad I'm glad that I watched this and finally saw it because, like I say, it's what 22 years and I'd never seen yeah. it. So um, I was going to say I was I was thinking this last bit as you mentioned earlier, like you know the connections, and you thought like the only thing was Pierce Brosnan. But uh-huh. at the beginning of the movie, I was I said this out loud when Pierce Brosnan's character is driving into the town of Dante's Peak, and mm-hmm. you see like the Ferris wheel and the little fair. Yeah the main drag and that like fair looks exactly to me like the fair in toy story four where like the main plot happens okay it's like a little teeny dinky town but there's definitely a ferris wheel it's just it just seemed really weird to me like did the animators at pixar do they love dante's (laughs) peak or what no that's just what quiet towns look like yeah that's that is quaint uh little town 101 it is yeah. well you and know what uh oh go ahead i again something else maybe i didn't notice is that like you know bob evil businessman who's there to like give milk money to the town mm-hmm. he's like totally like slicked back hair sleazeball mm-hmm. oh, yeah. very one-dimensional one-dimensional guy and it's like right before the earthquake happens and he's like well i guess we're pulling out yeah and then like five seconds later like the town explodes and then he's dead so who yep. cares and, and then, then he dies he's like one of the dudes bribing the helicopter pilot to leave it's like oh maybe i never noticed that there was that guy <laughs> i don't know it's him and the bald guy it's him and the bald guy yep. yeah but one of the things that did drive me towards this movie was the it does have what I've always thought was a really good teaser trailer. Um, I, yeah, I do like remember can, that. Do you, it's got that awesome Don LaFontaine. What's his name? Don Long LaFontaine. 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 Yep. Like voiceover on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, I don't know why. I just always thought it was a really good teaser trailer because it's only like a minute 20 and it doesn't give away the whole movie. Well, it might give away all the disaster stuff. Maybe, but... but... What do you expect? You know, but that. it's so fast, and you know, it's got one of those shots that's only in the trailer, but not in the movie. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yep. But you know, I, I don't know. I I've always had fond memories of this film. So, well, you know, I'm glad that I, I saw it. Uh, I <laughs> I never yeah. have to see it again now if I don't want to. It's it's not one <laughs> right. like did if you, did, if it how was did playing you, somewhere. How did you, yeah. 
you know how did you watch it how did you uh, watch this i watched it on netflix and i just sat back on the couch there you go i didn't even know it was on netflix we own it right it, <laughs> well that doesn't it just surprise came me. out it just yeah. came on netflix yeah i i uh so when i'm coming up with ideas for the show i go through there's a there's a website that i have that tells me what's streaming and where and I try to find stuff that's streaming that way like unless it's you guys some of the people that I do the show with they don't own the movies so yep. if I can find something that's streaming it's just easier for them to see it um, <clears throat> and I but saw this I, on there and I'm like wait I haven't seen Dante's Peak I need to see that so well I have I, you know I never owned this movie like mm-hmm. I never bought it on VHS I never bought the DVD I just never owned it it's one of those movies that I've liked but I never owned and then our patty's friend was having a garage sale it was like her and her friend and like what three or four other people and she was selling a bunch of her movies and one of them was dante's peak and i was like oh well i will buy this for a dollar oh yeah definitely so that's how we came to own it and uh, although you did lament you're you were yeah. you seemed really bummed that we don't own it on laserdisc <laughs> i was well i do we do own volcano to huh? say on laser disc oh, nice. laser disc but not dante's peak we just haven't found it yet well you will but it's like you got the dvd it's good yeah. <laughs> well you know this is to me this is like the saturday afternoon cable movie where you know it's playing oh yes you exactly watch it. that's like it's it's, it's on it's well, on and, you it's know, halfway joe, over yeah yeah joe mentioned last night that it, it, he, he mentioned in this conversation deep rising it is exactly what it was when it came out. Like you remember, if you've seen it, mm-hmm. it is exactly yeah. the same as you remember. It's it's right. not like oh, I don't remember that. There's here's this layer of stuff that I don't remember <laughs> getting. No, yeah. no, there's, yeah, no, there's depth. no there's no hidden meaning nope. to like. There's no depth. There's no alluding. You know, it's like this is the same movie I saw on a Saturday afternoon when I was fifteen. Yes. <laughs> you know yep no like, there's, that's there's nothing, exactly right like this there's movie, no higher no this there's movie no higher promised, point to this movie yeah, yeah. It, it promised that it was going to have a big explosion and a lot of a lot of stuff get wrecked and right. that's what we got it, so i'm it delivered, fine with that so yeah and that's why like i think it's fine i you know i don't have to watch it again if i don't want to but i'm not going to actively like bad mouth it or move away from it even though it is just dumb like it's a dumb movie Weird. be prepared I for mean, that if you haven't seen it before i think I think You're not I've seen worse it. disaster movies. Like I think oh, Avalanche yeah. is worse. Oh, I've seen far worse disaster movies. The Flood. I mean, does Hard Rain count? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I could go with that. I don't know. Yeah. That's more I of mean, an action slash action heist. heist movie set during a flood. Yeah. So it's got layers, but I don't know. No, it's uh, got layers. Yeah. Does it? Does it? <laughs> no. Does it? Oh, it's okay, not an okay. onion. Okay, what about Firestorm? <laughs> Which is that a disaster movie? Well, it, also, it's a, it's I a should, disaster. I don't know if it's a disaster. It is. Movie. I should tell you, yep. we own Firestorm. We do. <laughs> I we bought it. I think it was like, it was like buy two get one free, and I found it. And I was like, well, this was this is the free one right. for sure. I, I would say I that I'm surprised, watched, but you know, given... I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I would say that I'm surprised, but given our history, I, I know yeah. that to be not surprising. No, look, this was I'm I'm glad that I saw it and and this was a fun conversation. Um and I I'm, 
glad that you guys could be on the show again because it's always fun having you here. Um, <laughs> well, thank so, you. It's fun doing it. Yeah, and you know we stream this weekly, uh, Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis. Uh, I also um, I put out, you know, I, I take this, I edit it down, and we put it out as a podcast on Wednesdays. Um, which you can also get at tvstravis.com. Uh, you can go there and just hit the big subscribe button. But um, we do this every week. I'm still doing the uh, the ANTP, the America's Next Top Podcaster. So that's going for uh, at least like another, I think we're, I want to say it's like another two months or something. Uh, we're going to be doing that. So um, coming up next week, I don't have the movie chosen yet, but we are kicking off uh, Halloween month. Um, I don't, I don't know what, uh, the lineup, I haven't finalized the lineup yet, but I've got a lot of ideas of, uh, scary movies and horror movies that I want to do this month. So, uh, be, be ready and on the lookout for that. And I do, um, I do post on Twitter a lot with ideas that I've got coming up or what the upcoming movie is going to be. So if you want to check that out, you can find it there or on the website, you can leave comments, um, there as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, I want to thank both, both of you for being on here. Um, cause it's just always fun. I love talking movies with you, uh, just because we have so much to talk about and, and it's great. So thanks once again, you know, like we always like to say when we sign off, it's, uh, enjoy your movies. Coffee, 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 cappuccino, Java, yes.